To those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our meditation on this 20th Sunday after Pentecost is from the Old Testament reading from Genesis 2. You heard it read before. I recall just these words. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is right for him. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who instituted marriage and also blessed it at the wedding of Cana, my beloved. Uh, during my ministry, I never kept track as to how many uh, wedding services I performed. Probably quite a few, not as many as funerals and baptisms, but quite a few weddings. Um, there was one wedding, though, that I did not officiate at, and that was the wedding of June 19th, Saturday, 1971. My wife has a smile on her face because that's the day that we said our vows to each other at St. Uh, John's Lutheran Church in Wauwatosa. The words before us this morning describe the very first wedding. It took place on a Friday afternoon, probably, because the groom had to work in the morning. He was busy naming all the animals. Giraffes, donkeys, monkeys, cats, zebras... And as he did, he looked at all the animals that God had created, and he saw that there were males and females, but when it came to him, there was no corresponding female for his kind. And so God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is right for him. I think we all know the background of the groom. He came from some clay from the garden floor. God fashioned and sculptured him and breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. Also, it's kind of uh, interesting to note that the first marriage was also prearranged. The bride was chosen for the groom. And the wedding was outdoors in a garden. No need for any tuxedo or wedding gown. And the witnesses and the attendants there consisted of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Angels, and the garden animals. And then the wedding. It was a surgical procedure. No anesthetic, no scalpels, just a precision miracle by God's own hand. Caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, took one of his ribs out, closed up the spot, how that rib turned into five foot two eyes of blue, I'll never know. But I do know that after the miracle, just like a father walking his daughter down the aisle, he brought the woman to the man. He presented the bride to the groom. His first human creatures, unlike all the animals, 
we're so specifically and specially and personally and individually created in God's own image. And then the groom's reaction. And I'm sure he didn't say it something like this, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she will be named woman. I think what he probably said was, wow, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She came from me. She's a part of me. What a wedding. And as we discuss this, I think that you all know the difference between a wedding and a marriage. A wedding, you know, is planned and, um, and then the day comes and uh, there's the wedding ceremony. First of all, you have to get the marriage license and then there's the wedding ceremony and then there's the reception and make it, it probably takes most of the hours of a day. God's description, though, of marriage, marriage is different than a wedding. Marriage is for life. God says that is why a man will leave his father and mother and will be united with his wife and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife were both naked but they weren't ashamed of it. All the world's attempt to redefine marriage are nothing more than deceits and lies. Marriage is not just some evolutionary development or development of man. It was instituted by God himself right here in Genesis 2. One man, one woman, no single-gender marriage, no bigamy, no polygamy, for life, till death us do part. And what God has joined together, let no one separate. And so we have to say this morning that divorce is against God's will. Does divorce happen? Obviously it did. It happened way back in the day of Moses. Still against God's will. Take a look in Holy Scripture, though. When there is a divorce, God does recognize innocent and guilty parties. Marital unfaithfulness by one spouse. The other spouse is not guilty, innocent before God. Desertion. The other spouse is not guilty. But divorce, no matter what happens, what kind, it, it always adulterates God's marriage. His institution of marriage, what do you mean it adulterates it? It spoils it. When I get home for lunch today, maybe my wife will make me a ham and cheese sandwich and get ready to eat it. You know how I can adulterate that? Just sprinkle a little sawdust on the top. Now you've adulterated your food. You've ruined it. But even when there is a divorce, thanks be to our gracious God once again that there can be repentance and contrition and forgiveness because God is a gracious God. But when everything is said and done, why is this Genesis 2 so important? God opens up Adam's side and takes out a rib and makes a woman. Why is it so important to believe this, that this is not a fairy tale? Because Jesus calls it reality. 
In the gospel, Jesus recounts Genesis chapter 2 as being historical truth, Adam and Eve, the wedding and the marriage. And if it is not true, you know what that means? That Jesus makes mistakes. And if Jesus makes mistakes, then he can't be the perfect, holy, innocent son of God. And then his death on the cross doesn't do anybody any more good than somebody dying for a good cause. But it is reality. But this morning, there's another marriage that we want to talk about. Your marriage. Yes, I want to talk about your marriage. St. Paul tells us, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. He did this to make the church holy by cleansing it, washing it, using water along with spoken words. Then he could present it to himself as a glorious church without any kind of stain or wrinkle, holy and without faults. So husbands must love their wives as they love their own bodies. A man who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own body. He feeds it and takes care of it as Christ takes care of the church. We are parts of his body. I'm talking about Christ's relationship to the church. And then St. John in Revelation says, I heard what sounded like the noise from a large crowd, like the noise of a raging waters, like the noise of a loud thunder saying, Hallelujah, the Lord our God, the Almighty, has become king. Let us rejoice, be happy, and give him glory, because it's time for the marriage of the Lamb. His bride has made herself ready. She has been given the privilege of wearing dazzling pure linen. The church is the bride of the Lamb of God. The bride, that'd be you and me. God's church is called the bride. And every time Jesus looks at his church, all of us together, it's like Adam looking at his wife and Jesus says, Wow, how beautiful you are. Why? Because he made you holy and blameless through his precious blood shed on Calvary's cross. The church is one foundation. Is Jesus Christ her Lord? She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her and for her life he died. That's you. And all that the groom wants from the bride is for her to stay faithful and not to commit adultery. And you've heard them, and I've experienced them in my ministry, the horror stories of a wife who is unfaithful to her husband, unfaithful with another man, and you talk to those men and they say, it's like having my heart ripped out. How could you? The pain and the hurt and the broken heart and the anger. Jesus is the groom. You and I are the bride. And all he wants from us is one thing, that we love him back for his love for us first. And he's a jealous groom. He tolerates no rivals. Any time in your life, 
that you made someone or something more important than Jesus? You know that you did. And so did I. Instead of keeping him as number one in our life, sometimes we let him slide down to number two or number three or even last. And his heart is broken. But thanks be to God. If many times, even though we are unfaithful, God calls us to repentance. And he always takes us back again. And he holds us in the arms of his love. You know, weddings in Jesus' day were a whole lot different than they are in 21st century America. Today we have, you know, the marriage license, and then you finally have all the planning, and then you have the marriage, the wedding ceremony, and then you have the reception, and then it's all over. In Jesus' day, when a man and a woman went before their parents and pledged their eternal love for one another, they were married. But they didn't start living together yet. What the groom did is he went to furnish an apartment or a house and get it all ready for his bride. And then when everything was ready, then he called all of his friends and said, today I'm going to go get my bride, and then in our home we're going to have a reception and you're all invited. So the reception was, you might say, after the fact of the wedding. We are already married to the groom, Jesus. He pledged his love to us when he followed his Father's will and went all the way to the cross and all the way out of the empty grave. And we pledged our love to him too. Will you suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from him? Yes. You see, right now, what we're all doing is just waiting for the wedding reception. Waiting for the groom to come and take us home. And I believe me, the wedding reception is going to be unlike anything you've ever seen before with feasting lasting for all eternity. Before then... Every time Jesus looks at you, he always says, Wow, what a beautiful bride. Stay faithful to me always, because I'm coming soon to take you home. Revelation. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give this testimony to you for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David. I am the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. Let those who hear this say, come. Let those who are thirsty come. Let those who want the water of life take it as a gift. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds anything to this, God will strike him with the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away the words from this book of prophecy, God will take away his portion of the tree of life and the holy city that are described in this book. The one who is testifying to these things say, Yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 